Welcome to One Day Contract, the Panthers talk show, where each week we're joined by a new personality who we've signed to a one-day contract to join the show. One Day Contract is a proud part of the Riot Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Be sure to check out some of our network mates, Keep Pound In, the Roaring Riot Podcast, or it is what it is, for even more great talk about your favorite team. And follow the Riot Network on Twitter, at the Riot Network, to stay up to date on all your favorite pods. Subscribe, rate, love us on iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Nikki Wolf. Alongside of me, as always, or across the table, as always. I feel like maybe you should update your copy. Sorry, I'll stop. I'll, I'll no, you're correct. I think Ghost I, of both. I always, I always think maybe we'll switch seats one day. Oh, I probably hope for not. That. Probably I mean, not. I'm, I'm real big on routines. Yeah, that's. I fair. like to. That is true. Where I belong over here. And I do like my seat, but <laughs> Mr. Colin Hoggard, columnist and contributor for the Riot Report, and the kind of guy who says stuff like. Why are people buying water for the hurricane? Seems like there's plenty of water and beer. I like that we're now getting introduced like we're VH1 game show contestants yep. yes. in like the late 90s. Mm-hmm. Just I like, like a, just jokes that may or may not make any sense or apply to your actual character. What was the Jenny McCarthy? What was the singled, singled out? out? Singled oh, yeah. out. I feel like I just got introduced like a singled out contestant. <laughs> and then Nikki is over here like looking to the camera like. Mwah. Which reminds me that I need to update the resume. Yeah, and, and it's also important that you believe in science. Yeah. That would be good as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I believe in taking your shot in life. <laughs> really? These are hot takes right off the yeah, bat. Yeah, they are. I like I love it. it. We're just coming in hot. Josh Klein, managing editor for the Riot Report, co-host of It Is What It Is, the kind of guy who says stuff like, why are you buying water bottles when you have things you can fill up in your own house? Fill up some growlers or jugs, and you're good to go. Yeah, that's actually that something sense. my wife told me that I was one of those things that I was like, oh, that's so smart. Like, why didn't I – that seems like something that I would totally say, and then she said it, and I was like, oh, yeah, you're smart. That's why, that's why I married <laughs> her because she says stuff like that, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that does make a lot of sense. I'm glad I didn't buy any water. I can spend that money on liquor. More important in a storm. Boom. The most important in the storm. Right? Yeah, exactly. That's what that Bob Dylan song is about, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And yeah. on the one-day contract this week, Mr. Darren Gant, my Twitter best friend for life, reporter for Pro Football Talk, and the kind of guy who would say something like, I hate to disappoint everybody, but I just got back from the grocery store and it had everything I need for the week. Yeah, they were out of nothing. I have all my supplies. <laughs> I was prepared in advance. Well, Sorry. It just I, I'm sorry not to participate in your panic. Why yeah. are you such a party pooper? Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of all those years in the Boy Scouts just beat that be prepared stuff into my head, and it doesn't. It never goes away. Have so, you have you counted your AA batteries this week? I've got AA batteries. I've got uh, I've got canned meat uh, ready to go. If we get uh, really aggressive, there's some spam we can throw on the grill and uh, cook over propane if we're out of uh, power for many, many days at a time. Nice. My kids look at me, they're like, what is this stuff? I said, what do you mean, what is this stuff? It's Spam. Hawaii Uh, loves this stuff. Hawaii practically runs on this stuff. That's what everybody says about Spam when they want to, like, sell you on it. Yeah. Hawaii loves it. Yeah. You can't get enough of it It's like Hasselhoff being big in Germany. Yeah, exactly. You know, we attach more importance to it than maybe it ought to have. Yeah, definitely. I I think that I – when – I think there's a time in our lives where we liked gross food. Like back, like when I grew up, like I really like cottage cheese 
And what is wrong I feel with cottage like cheese? I don't think there's anything wrong with cottage mm-hmm. cheese, but I think that if you're a young person, Kevin, who's not that much younger yeah. than us, is literally making faces at just the thought of cottage cheese. But I like just eating it. Like, I, I won't even put it in a bowl. I'll just eat it right out of the container with a spoon. And then put the container right back into the refrigerator for the next person. Yeah, like a gentleman. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Damn that right. right. That's I, called marriage, right? I, I feel like I'm learning things about you people now. Yeah. yeah. And I'm also judging you, but That's we'll fair. just we'll save that for well, later. Well, since we're talking about judging people, um, I want to I know if this is just me or if this is other people. Darren, I'm excited to have you on the show. When I think of you, one of the first things I think of is the Gaffney Peach. Is that is that just me, or is that is that some uh, part of the the Gant brand at this point? No, I I dig it a lot. I think it's fantastic. I I am a big proponent of Roadside America. One time, my brother and I were driving out west, and we saw these signs for Wall Drug in South Dakota. And Wall Drug is basically the cowboy version of South of the Border. Okay. And okay. there are signs for hundreds of miles, and we realized that Wall Drug was really only like an hour out of our way. Like, we have to do this. Yeah. And you go there, and it's a tourist trap, and they're selling jackalope heads. You know, they've mounted an actual rabbit with deer antlers sticking out of it. What? It's peculiar, but you, you, stuff like that appeals <laughs> yeah. to me. I mean, you see the world's largest something on the side of the road. We're going to stop and check that out. Absolutely. Well, you can't, you only get one chance to look at that kind of, you know, like when right. you're passing a bit, the largest ball of twine, you're not like, oh, well, we'll come back the next time we're driving. 66 through Kansas. Yeah. Like, you got to stop and see that kind of stuff. No, and a couple of years ago, I actually made my kids pose for a picture underneath the peach and put it on our Christmas card. Wow. And my kids were like, seriously, Dad, you're you're going to do that? You're actually going to send that to people? <laughs> sure, why not? Which side of the peach did you take it on? The, the, bu- per- the butt the side. The side. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. That thing's only got one good side, and yeah. it's the one that faces I-85. <laughs> Um, surprisingly <laughs> enough, when I eat a peach, that's not my favorite. I like the, um, the smooth side, but that's fair. What gives you a place to start? It's a natural, oh, I don't know where meridian. this is going. A natural really. crack, if you <laughs> hey, will. Hey, how about Trey Turner? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Turning it back towards football. We knew that's Always, what you would be doing. Yeah, that's me, Oh, baby. man, you're one of those guests. Yeah. Oh. Was talking about, was no. talking about football. You got a big, he's got a big notebook underneath the table. He's yeah. Gonna, he's going to pull it out. He's going to flip <laughs> to page 30. Here, let's talk about the zone read. I, I've wheeled in my charts. Only, yeah, please. I mean, it's like that weird Sean McVay video where he's reciting plays he called seven years ago or yeah. something. I mean, and he was going chapter and verse on – the Kirk Cousins, you like that game. Mm-hmm. And I'm just looking at him like, okay, why? I understand that you did it in that moment, but to have cataloged that, you know, four or five years ago, why do you – what have you forgotten? What have you pushed out of your head to make room for that? Do you remember your password? Do you know where your keys are? What's your children's birthday? <laughs> well, it's Sean McVay. Yeah. I don't have kids, but uh, he's a little young for that. But the point's – it's just – it's manic. Ah, see, I love Football's that Football's a stuff. lot. I love, I love that video where he's like – the one, the the touchdown in the vi- the you you like that game. Okay, right. that one makes sense to me. That's a big game. It's iconic. You remember that? But if he you're was the doing coach. it for random. He did it for games. like a third and seven. He was like, oh yeah, third and seven. We threw it to uh, James Goddard, and it's just like, holy crap, that's insane. Yeah, yeah. Fo- football coaches aren't like the rest of us. They no. think differently than other human beings. Well, they kind of have to, right? I mean, they. 
if they're working what ninety hours a week? Yeah, it's a manic profession, and and this is a really old reference, but I'm a really old guy. Um, when Steve Spurrier came in the league, I mean Spurrier just thought ah, I'm smarter than everybody. This is going to work, and he made fun of Jim Hazlitt for sleeping on the couch. Well, three years later, you know mm-hmm. he's gone and actually was giving back money to get out because he realized it was too much work. You can't just be smart. Everybody in the NFL, some degree of smart. But you've got to be willing to be a weird human being to be really good at it. Yeah. And no, it's it's absolutely true. I mean, it, it is weird is the right word for it. Like, you see these guys, like anybody that seems like a normal person that you would want to be friends with, right. you're like, what are you doing in this business? Yeah. I mean, and, and if you see John Fox off the field when you're not standing there with a tape recorder interviewing him, if you run into John Fox, say, just to pull a hypothetical out of thin air and not anything I've ever seen before, at a bar in Indianapolis during the Combine, it's like, <laughs> wow, this guy's great. I want him to be my uncle. This He's so much fun and cool and funny and people like him and want to be in his want to be in his orbit and then he starts talking with a tape recorder on and he's just the most dreadfully boring person on earth yeah it's they really do switch their players and coaches like you're talking to them and then they realize because I was talking to Ron Rivera and he was and I had a and he looked down at my hand like I was standing there with my hands kind of in my pockets and he looked down at my hands and I like Realized that I had to pull my hands out of my pockets yeah. to show him that I didn't have this a This is not recorder. an Omarosa situation. Yeah. We're just talking. <laughs> <laughs> We're just well, it didn't get awkward until he made Josh take his shirt off to make yeah, sure he well, didn't have a wire hey. on. Yeah, well, it was Friday. Um, <laughs> Casual Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But up? it's funny, but he, Ron had to be trained into that because Ron is a genuinely decent human being. Right. Ron is the kind of guy, if you lived next to him and you were in a hurricane and you were out of bottled water, you could knock on his door and say, Ron, I'm sorry. We're in a real bind. Come on, I've got two cases in the garage. You can have one of them. I mean, that's the kind of neighbor Ron Rivera would be. Do you need a ladder or anything while you're in here? I mean, that's just who he is. But he had to condition himself to be press conference Ron. Because yeah. in normally, I mean, Ron's great. I mean, we've had conversations. We've talked about stuff. And it's like, wow, that's really revealing and honest and open, and I appreciate it. Yeah. It, would it be inappropriate to ask Ron actually what the last thing that someone borrowed from him? Like, what was the last thing that somebody, you know, came over and said, hey, neighbor? No, I can't. I, uh, I get guarantee that sander? It. Yeah, Ron has loaned a tool to a neighbor. There's oh, no yeah. question in my mind. Absolutely. Yeah. Probably to, like, one of those wacky and, neighbors. And, and won't even go back to get it. No. I mean, if you keep his sander for six months, he ain't going to be knocking on your door. Hey, I need it. Are you done with that sander? No, that's not who Ron is. He'd be like, oh, he's probably working on a big project. <laughs> He's, he's at Sounds Lowe's. like somebody I need in my neighborhood. Because <laughs> hey, I need a sander. A Let's all move into Ron's neighborhood. He's. We yeah. never have to buy stuff that way. <laughs> missed an opportunity to give me that sander back. Ah. <laughs> yeah, it's just okay. Well, we'll he, get better. He We're moved good. out of town yeah. now. Early, yeah. I would give it back, but uh, he's in <laughs> Chicago. Oh, well, is that <laughs> – I don't really understand, but that's all right. At some point, he's going to move on. Football oh. coaches at some time. Yeah, at some point, Why? No. No. Why would you bring that up? He's going to stay here forever. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to park here in Carolina like Florence. <laughs> that's a good reference, I feel like. Topical. That didn't get a laugh, topical. That's very topical. If this was like, uh, if this was like stand-up comics with Byron Allen, that would have gotten a laugh. I mean, I laughed. Thank you. I, I did. appreciate that. Is this yeah. is this is Florence actually a part of the two states one team campaign? <laughs> is that we're trying to bring us together two finally? Because I'm hurricane. like finally now we have to accept South Carolina. It's true. <sighs> so 
you mentioned you're going to throw spam on the grill, so you're covered for the hurricane. Oh, yeah. But my good. super important question was, did anybody buy anything for the hurricane? Did you do anything uh-huh. so far to get ready for this hurricane? I filled <laughs> – I what? went to get my second can of propane filled because I checked, mm. and the first one was probably about half, and I had an empty spare in the garage. So I went and got – traded it in for a full one. But I bought, like, ingredients so that I can cook things a couple sure. days from now. I mean, I, I know if the power goes out, there's frozen shrimp in my freezer that I've got to do something with. So I'll probably make a pot of jambalaya or something. So I bought clam juice. And yeah. so, I mean, stuff like that. People are buying milk, bread, and bottled water, and you're buying clam juice. Yeah. That's clam, amazing. Clam juice and Miller High Life. Yeah. hot sauce. <laughs> so. I'm evacuating to your house. Come on yeah. down. We got room. Party. I think that I was just more doing stuff that like I would have normally done, but I kind of put it on an accelerated schedule. Like my, I got some gas when my tank was half full instead of at just waiting until it's hoarder. Exactly. What a jerk. (laughs) I didn't even wait in line. Hate people like you. You're so inconsiderate. I saw people on Twitter uh, and Facebook that were like, oh man, this gas station is out of gas. And it's like, what is happening out there? Like, (laughs) what world are we living in that in like Salisbury, we're running out of gas? Like, I get it. Wilmington, like along the the coast, but like running out of gas? That seems crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And, And again, I'm a weirdo about the whole be prepared thing, but- Ballantine should never sell out of bottled water. <laughs> That's true. That's not a thing that should happen in a normal world. We well, we have to have rules in out. society. <laughs> That's a good joke. Now that is funny. Yeah, that like is that. a nice joke. We like to call out when they're good. Jokes. Even if I don't <laughs> laugh, if I look at you and say "That's funny," then that counts as me laughing. He's uh, laughing I definitely a got lot. a text message that said "Bank two hundred dollars, top off gas, garlic bread, and flashlight?" Question <laughs> mark. So. Flashlight we, question mark. Yeah, we are definitely getting prepared. I yeah. think hourly trips are occurring in our household to the uh, various establishments for preparedness. Yeah. My wife asked me if we had a flashlight, and, I, and she was like, oh, I've got one on my phone. It's fine. And I was like, we have one in our house. Like, we <laughs> we can we, we like to spell, tell spooky stories. Nah, couldn't get it out. <laughs> what were those? We like to tell spooky stories. And then we hold the flashlight under our chin. It didn't. And go. So Trey Turner. (laughs) (laughs) If we get to the shadow puppets portion of the the hurricane, we're all in big trouble. Yeah, that's going to be dangerous. Because that's that's going to be all all iPad batteries have been depleted. (laughs) Like like there is only a candle now. You've read all the books and magazines in your home. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. There's nothing left to do. Well, I went and I was like, I guess I should buy batteries. And then I stopped and I was like, well, what would I put them in? It's not like we have flashlights or anything in the house that this would help for. So. I, we're not ready. I so bought you a didn't bag even of, buy anything? I bought a bag of apples and a bag of clementines yes. and Pop-Tarts. Oh, all right. That Shelf list stable. Went downhill and I, I asked my roommate, I said, do we need anything specific? And he goes, yeah, probably like a bag of Doritos. So we have Doritos, two bags, because I don't know. You never know. I think you're going to be okay. It could get ugly. Yeah. We're just going to go to Darren's house if we have to. Come on down. He's making clams. And juice. spam. Right? That's what you make clam juice with? Well, I put <laughs> it in jambalaya gotcha. when I cook that. that. Makes more so, sense. Yeah. I'm going to need your recipe. Awesome. I can make that happen. All yes. right. All Things right. are happening. He's Things. got it in the notebook. It is in a yeah, notebook. Yeah, I wheeled that in with all this <laughs> reference information. My play charts. <laughs> so like clockwork, we will start the show, the football portion of the show, yeah, with our favorite 16 topic. 16 minutes in, that's usually when people are, sure. they know. know when to fast forward to uh, when talk, get 11, the talk. 11 minutes and 40 seconds, according to the Apple Watch. Oh, sorry. Oh, did Ooh. someone get a new Apple Watch? I did, and I have no idea no. how it works. Mm. 
Fancy. I do know there's a stopwatch on it. So, so. it's actually just 11.45 a.m. You just thought <laughs> it was Probably. A, the stopwatch is going really slow. What is what? happening? Why doesn't this work? Offensive line, party chat. We yes. ready? Daryl Williams. Oh, you, you kind of called this last week. Sure. Oh, did I? Kind of. Kind of. Kind of. In a yes, definitely. In a roundabout uh, yes. sort of way. Yes. yes. I'll take all you the can, credit. You can yes. toot yes. your horn on this one for sure. Let me toot. I think the thing is, is that everybody's now is going to second guess their decision to put him in. Sure. And it's like, is that fair? Probably not. But this is kind of what I was saying why they shouldn't put him in in week one was if you put him out there on 60%, he's moving his knees different, moving his legs and his weight and his hips differently than he has his entire life. And something happened. And – you know, something a guy he got rolled up on that could have happened if he was 150 percent. Right, could have happened without dislocating his patella, but didn't help. Well, and I don't know that it was worth it, it because we've got pretty recent precedent on this. Trent Williams in Washington last year started the season with kind of the same thing, similar mm-hmm. injury, and he was like, "Okay, I think I'm good. I think I can go." And he was in, he was out. He was sore, he couldn't move. And he's a really good player, but he really didn't look like one when he was on the field. So I don't know if another – I always wondered as, as that thing began, I wondered whether the bye week was kind of the natural target. That seemed to make sense. Okay, mm-hmm. if you're not going to put him on IR so you can bring him back in eight weeks, then you must think he's going to be okay. So probably that four-week mark makes sense because – conscientious Ron has always been careful with guys, yep. except for Cam at the end of the year, a couple of years ago when he had the shoulder jacked up and he played him in a meaningless game because Cam wanted to, allegedly. So, at any rate, conscientious Ron always errs on the side of holding guys out. He won't play Luke Keekley even after Luke's been cleared mm-hmm. for things, and he's generally done business that way. So, that's why it surprised me to see Williams. And I feel terrible for the kid. I mean, and I know you guys are hyper-partisan and really want your football team to, you know, do great, and that's understandable. Darrell Williams, the kid, lost a lot oh. of money. In the last couple Tens of months. Tens of millions of dollars. I mean, he was set to hit free agency, coming off an all-pro season. Somebody, if not these guys, was going to pay him a gigantic amount of money. And now, I mean, he's in that spot that guys have been in the past. He's basically going to have to come back on a one-year deal somewhere, mm-hmm. prove he's that level of player again. Maybe he can prove it. Maybe he doesn't. But it was an incredible missed opportunity financially. Mm-hmm. It's. I mean, it's – you said it before. I remember we talked about this at training camp right after the injury, right, Colin? Like that this guy has a huge decision to make whether he's going to come back and try right. to fight through it or have the surgery and then also for contractually he'd be in the same situation. And it does. It sucks for this guy. I mean, he, yeah. was, he was in line to get a Norwell-sized deal, mm-hmm. and, and now it's just not going to happen. Yeah. And, you know, and unfortunately, you mentioned conscientious Ron. Thanks for make, picking something easy. Um, <laughs> but – Daryl was motivated words. to be not I don't want to say dishonest, but to not be forthright about his injury because he felt, you know, he needed to go out and prove it this year so he could try and get out there. And so I, I'm not trying to let Ron or the coaches off the hook, but I think in this situation, Daryl was motivated to to not, you know what I mean? Right. To, well, I mean, it's not like Ron was standing there pointing uh, a sharp stick at him and making him play. And make, I mean, he's got to want to do it. I mean, he had to be a willing participant in this. But it, it is strange when guys get – because they are differently motivated as well. 
And I, I think about Le'Veon Bell in Pittsburgh, and he's just trying to make his money. He's just trying to get to free agency next year healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if the stuff his agent saying's legitimate or honest or the kind of stuff you ought to be saying anyway, but it was strange for me to see the Steelers' offensive lineman turn on him because mm-hmm. normally when guys are in that situation and trying to get their money, then everybody's for them because mm-hmm. they know it can be me next. I yeah. can be the next guy who everybody wants me to play, but it ain't in my best interest to play. I, I, it's kind of zooming out for a second. The only option, is it correct, is that Daryl Williams could have gone on the IR and maybe come back after eight he's, weeks. He's eight on weeks. IR, yeah. Well, I so mean, no, no, would, no. Yeah. I mean, before, before week once one. They, yeah, once they so, carried him on the 53 after final cuts. Right. Then so, they could have put him on IR eight weeks, come back. And so you, you do so much stuff for pro football talk, so I think you, you – you, Write about things like this. So, what? Why is there not a, an option? Because it feels like eight weeks would have been too much for Daryl Williams to give up. You know what I mean? As as a potential free agent, but it, it feels like there wasn't a happy medium in this type of situation for a guy to get the time off he needed, but also to be available to make a run at free agency. Well, well the too. eight actually is the happy medium. It used right, to be right. sixteen or zero. Right. And you, teams Davis would end up car- teams would end up carrying guys who were a month, month and a half, two months away from playing. But you know, that they're sort of experimenting with that. And eight was the number they came to early on. And a lot of people I mean, a lot of teams are using it and a lot of teams around the league have they love having it available because it buys them a spot. I think it's a great rule that because you don't have to designate them. But when they had to yeah. designate them to return, I think it was a lot worse. Now yeah. it's like you put them on IR. If they heal the right way, if you need them in eight weeks, then they can come back. But if you don't necessarily, if they right. re, if they have a relapse, you know, if you imagine designating somebody for a return and then they have a relapse and then they're not going to yep. come back and you miss out on somebody else. As with many things in NFL – they come up with a great idea, they implement it, then they realize there are problems with it, and then they start circling back and mm-hmm. trying to fix and cobble things together. Because yeah. it, it kind of feels like it's an outdate, It's outdated from a day when, in time when the NFL was maybe a more uh, week-to-week business or season-to-season business. Like Now they've got the money, they're established. You know, like, like the idea yeah, of they paying can afford a 53rd they or 56th can make guy. Right, exactly, yes. But, uh, you know, it's – Coaches talk about competitive balance. It's like the inactives on Sunday. People wonder why you've got to sit seven guys. Once so, everybody's got the same number. And if you're really healthy and your opponent is really unhealthy, you've got more people than he does, and that's not fair. So it's um, it's a bad situation, but I feel most bad for Daryl because yeah. that was a gigantic financial hit he took. And it was and it was a bad luck injury. Too. I mean, yeah. not that any of them are good luck, but you know. Yeah, it really was. I mean, uh, it wasn't a he. It wore down, and then he comes in on Wednesday and is like, "No, I can't. I have right. to have surgery." It's that a guy rolled on his knee. I mean, that that kind of thing happens. Blocked into by his own man. Like, yep. I, I yeah, it just it sucks for him. As much science as I have in these binders <laughs> down here underneath the table, sometimes dumb luck is the thing that matters most in the NFL. Absolutely. I mean, that's how the Minnesota Vikings went to the NFC Championship was dumb, freaking luck. And it's uh, – I almost went explicit there, but I didn't. Um, Is this we'll, a family podcast? We'll, get, we'll probably get ex- a little bit explicit later on, but we haven't quite gotten to that level of discourse yet. 
Um, so what, so Daryl Williams isn't in there. So who's playing right tackle on Sunday? Don't know who's playing right guard. Um, I don't know. Yeah, who's I playing mean, left tackle. It, and I think it, in a vacuum, if it was only, and, it, and that's what's weird about this whole situation. Taylor Moten playing left tackle was like Plan C, mm-hmm. walking into the season. Now that's assumed as all right. We got Taylor Moten. That's taken care of. Yeah. And it, you just got to stop and remember, oh, this guy was supposed to be the backup right tackle mm-hmm. six weeks ago. Yep. And so that's how jacked up the situation's been. And maybe, you know, Ron pulled a Byron Bell out today talking about Chris <laughs> Clark being left-handed. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's a little more le- – so maybe Taylor ends up back on the right. Maybe Silatalo's playing right tackle. Maybe Silatalo's playing right guard because Trey Turner's in the concussion protocol. There's a lot of moving parts here. Yeah, very fluid uh, um, situation. But it's a mess. And, you know, again, in talking about things that it's odd that we have now accepted them as a given, Greg Van Roten is the left guard. Mm -hmm. You know, six weeks ago, I think a lot of people on the street would have been like, Greg Van who? Yep. Was he on eight is enough? Like, (laughs) it was part of that family with the guy who's on Love Boat from time to time? No, not the Van Pattens, the Van Rotens. I was a – I was more of a just the 10 of us guy, but that's just, you know. <laughs> well, but you're also a lot younger than I am, that's so fair. I can make eight is enough references. No one who listens to podcasts <laughs> understands what that is. I don't think anyone knows who just the 10 of us is. I'm a oh, little just shocked the 10 that of you us had that. The basketball coach. Yeah, basketball yeah. coach. Uh, he's bald. And he had, I want to say, he looked he had like Rick Majerus. Like at least, yeah, he did. Rick, yeah. Majerus, Rick Majerus. Like at least that's what it is in my mind now. Maybe he had, I want to say, eight daughters, but I don't think that's right. I think no, it's just eight is, children. No, there were eight daughters. There was only one. No, there was it's one him, son. And I think is this a completely one, different series that comes out today? One son and seven daughters, I yeah. believe. Right? One, I don't know, but I know somebody who does. Uh, and I Google. know that right here on my phone. Both Chandler and Joey from Friends. Both had guest appearances on that show as boyfriends of one of the twins. Do you know that for a fact? Are I do you, know that for a fact. you literally just that's have that amazing. in your own head? I'm I, just going to check the – Yeah, no, th- that's not on the like, – Google that. is not up. That's organic knowledge. For, I yeah. respect that. That's from, I used to watch a lot of TV. <laughs> so that you're okay with her knowing, but Sean McVay knowing the, the, the games. She probably I, pushed out like a, like a niece or a nephew's birthday for that. To, to no, have that you know what she pulled out, or she she pushed out was uh, who's fifty nine on the Carolina number. Panthers. Yeah. That's hey, what she. You know, sometimes people say numbers. I, what I did for the longest time I mean, was I was trying really, to. What he looks like, Rick Majerus. Like Let I mean, me that's no joke. Yeah, like that's not just bald fat guy. Like he looks like Rick Majerus. I don't know if you want to zoom in yeah. on that. On the do you remember yeah. the theme song? It's almost a David Tepper quality. Mm, he is Tepper esque. Does he have the shirt unbuttoned down to about here? <laughs> uh, but he does have the pajama, the onesie pajamas unzipped. I definitely feel like he, for a little he bit of a for a little bit of sexiness. Often would sport the whistle at home. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a weird <laughs> euphemism for something that I don't really understand. Because if you've got eight kids running around the house, yeah, somebody's got to keep How order. How do you sport your whistle? I beg your pardon. <laughs> I can tie it in a knot. I can tie it in a bow. <laughs> So Trey Turner is yeah. uh, his concussion. <laughs> we have well, to end the show with that theme song, by the yeah. way. Um, uh, I would assume you can Where sing were it by we? heart. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think the thing – so it is it is interesting that Van Roten is like the left guard is really the only established thing. And I guess Ryan Khalil, we just assume, is completely healthy. Um, I think the guy that is going to start at right guard is going to end up being Tyler Larson. Nobody has been talking about him. I think he is – 
the mo he he's been in this system for kind of the longest consecutively, mm-hmm. and in, at that interior offensive line position, yeah. I think they do trust him, and I think you're going to end up with um, Chris Clark starting. Had been on the street three days ago, but it's like, how do you say that OTAs are so important and training camp is so important and preseason is so important, and then this guy signs on Wednesday and he's starting on Sunday? Yeah, well, I mean, he started some games in the league. He's been okay. Yeah, yeah. He's not a world beater by any stretch of the imagination, but he's guy. I mean, and that's what happens when you get into those situations. You go find a Chris Clark or a Matt Willig. Mm-hmm. Maybe Chris Clark will pick up a holding flag and throw it back at the official. Hopefully. We can only hope. Yeah. Um, I going to say, hope he gets into movies. <laughs> yeah. You're already concerned about his post-football <laughs> career. No, Willig was the best. I loved <laughs> Willig. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's just kind of the spot theory. And it's, and it's strange to be there two weeks into the season. And it's obviously not an ideal five. And – in a certain way, you just want five. Mm-hmm. You just want to make sure you've got guys. And you talk about Larson. I mean, Larson's a good piece to have around, and they, they kept him around for another couple of years for a reason. He's got, like, that Handgartner thing where, okay, we can plug him in there, and he'll be just fine. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that he's ever starter level – or maybe he's a starting center for these guys next year. I don't know. It's possible. But he's somebody you have to have because you need guys who can change a tire on a moving car. Yeah. And that's what Tyler Larson is right now. He, You know you can stick him in at any of these spots, and he'll be okay. Yeah, and, and I think that that is also – say what you like, and there's been a lot said about our friend Amini Silatolo, but he is – they like the fact that he can play left tackle, left guard, yeah. right guard, right tackle. Not one – not here's what he is the backup at. He can back up all the positions. He's not going to be – not going to go out there and give you Pro Bowl level play, but he can go in there and – Put some right. weight in front of somebody, right. you know. The the NFL's built on guys, yeah. guys who are just a guy, and every roster's got a handful of them, and he's one of theirs. Yeah. They they love him, and you know you see security blanket guys like that on every team in the league. Where you look at them, it's like it makes no sense that that guy's had a job playing football as long as he has. Yep. But the coaches know what he's going to do. I mean, if you if you know. It's all about setting the expectation. If you know I'm going to get this out of Amini Silatalu every time, you can plan around that. Somebody who's here and here, you can't plan for that. So, you know, they'll take the known known rather than the known unknown. Yeah, okay. I get that. that. Yeah, yeah. The the little known. Donald Rumsfeld yeah. action. I didn't know that was the I reference. I am the but oldest I... person in the history of <laughs> podcasting. I do know who Donald Rumsfeld is, but all I right. do not get his reference just from – just from saying it. Well, you can Google that later. I might. I've got I've got some pretty – And uh, he Mike. looks nothing at all like David Tepper. <laughs> my, go- my Google plate is pretty full right now. i got a lot of just the ten of us episodes to watch. <laughs> yeah. Don't we all? As long as the power stays on. Oh, from your lips to God's ears. Is this wood? What is this? It's very, it's very wooden. thin wood. It looks like it could mask as wood. No, I mean it's wood. This is a wooden table, just to bring everybody into the into the this audio po- podcast. Well, we're talking about the what table. What material that we're did you on. think this might be? <laughs> I don't actually, know. That's actually some, a great question. Some kind of particle board that was like. That's also wood, I think. That's also mm, wood. Pieces of wood. Is it? Yeah. I'm willing to go with wooden. But it has. <laughs> yeah. It is wooden. Yeah, it if is not quite wood. It's true. That's yep. Mm, it's I'm, high quality. Got a lot of things running quality. through my head that I'm just gonna not. There say. was a tree involved somewhere in the process <laughs> of making this table. 
somewhere in the process. Well, now that this team has so many rookies that are playing early, looking at that, does it hurt them? Does it help them? Uh, I think that you look – that's like Ron Rivera's thing, right? He was very proud of it last week. He said, I have every single week, every single year that I've been a coach, I've started a rookie. And I, I, don't have a, I don't have a particular problem with it. I just thought it was an interesting thing for him to be so proud of and so – so adamant that it was a part of their development because you look at starting a second round pick Dante Jackson at corner right. starting, you know, starting a running back Christian McCaffrey. Like he's an eighth. He was the eighth pick overall. He should be getting those kind of reps, but it's like Dante Jackson. I think a lot of people now have gotten to the point where they're so used to Ron Rivera starting rookies that they say, why is Galden not getting any playing time? Why are we not seeing more of Marquise Haynes? And these guys, it takes a while for them to get into the, the flow of the league. And a lot of it's on the individual. I mean, Dante's one of those rare kids. He walks in the door, mm-hmm. and you watch him a little bit in practice, and you hear him talk, and it's like, okay, it ain't too big for this kid. Yeah. He, he, he understands that he belongs here. Now, that doesn't, you know, he could easily – there's a guy out there on Sunday who's hung three bills on this team before, yep. and you don't want him spending too much time alone with that guy because mm-hmm. that could get ugly. And Julio has broken people here before. I mean, Literally. Like, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it can Ended get ugly, careers. but it, the kid it, – it's on the kid himself. I mean, and Dante Jackson clearly has that quality where he's not in awe of Julio Jones. He want, he would probably view it as a chance to make a name for himself. And it would be. I mean, if he could, if he ended up there, not that I think that's the best idea, but if he ended up there and made a play, then Dante Jackson's got even more of that going on. Yeah, it's true. I mean, didn't – now, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't – Josh Norman had a pretty good matchup with Julio at one point. Yeah. That went Josh's way, and it kind of, like, pushed him from good cornerback to – OMG Josh Norman. Right. I mean, and that's the thing. And I love Josh's story because there was a time. Here's another blast from the past name for you. Josh Thomas. Mm -hmm. Do you remember Josh Thomas? There was a week-to-week debate over which of the Joshes is going to be active as the fourth cornerback that particular week. And one week it would be Norman, one week it was Thomas, and it went back and forth. And then now you look at it, and I don't know where Josh Thomas is. He's probably selling bottled water in Valentine. But (laughs) – Josh Norman, on the other hand, has a horse. Yeah, he does have a horse. <laughs> Cannot argue with that. I, I just, I feel like, Colin, what do you, what did you think of Dante Jackson's performance on Sunday? Well, I, 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 as you brought up the Rivera playing rookies thing, I think it's an important piece because it tells these guys coming in, you can come in and earn a spot. You can come in and earn PT right away on this team, and I've got a track record that proves it. Go in the Go to Pro Football Reference. You could look it up. And I think that's a great motivator for teams. But I also think it's a reality of the NFL. Right. And I don't know that – I don't think – I think Ron's probably on the more conservative side. As, as much pride as he takes in starting a rookie, I think he probably starts fewer than, than a lot of coaches. He, yeah, he doesn't want to start that many. Yeah. But – and like you said, it's an economic reality. If you've got a roster like Carolina's, which is old, good, and expensive, that's where you want your roster in the NFL to be. People get their eyes full of stars about cap room and young players. Mm-hmm. Teams with cap room and young players are bad. And that's pretty true, you know, over the course of the salary cap era. If you've got too much cap space and too many first, second-year guys, your record's not going to be very good. Old's what you want to be in the NFL, but with old comes expensive. 
and with expensive, you need somebody making rookie scale in a prominent role just to keep the books balanced. Yeah, like your top two starting cornerbacks, which are making no money right now for the Carolina Panthers. I mean, and it's the, that, it's that the helps. Ba- right. yeah, it's the back end of the conversation that always leads whenever you talk about salary cap, which is the win when your quarterback is on the rookie deal mm-hmm. and you can save the money. But now at some point you have to pay and – you know, it's, you have to give up a spot, and they have had heavily invested in the corner or in the yeah. safe or in the secondary over the last several drafts because of that reason. That's my one radical football philosophy. If I was a general manager, I would never give any quarterback a second contract. Uh, I feel I've, like you. I've got him for four years plus the fifth year option. Then I can tag him twice. I have him for seven years. If my, my team is going to do what they're going to do with that quarterback in those seven years, rather than pay him a Matt Stafford contract, the Lions aren't going to win a Super Bowl, and they have paid Matt Stafford an incredible amount of money. That's not an economically sound decision. Now, you would look like a jerk if you, if you get rid of Matt Stafford and then you – have, say, Jimmy Clausen starting games for your team for a year. But if you stink for a year with a Jimmy Clausen and pick first overall and get a Cam Newton, then it's like, hey. And then if Cam Newton turns into Cam Newton and you really want to flip him, you could flip him for a lot. Because if Cam Newton was available, you could get many, many first-round picks and other stuff for him. It comes down to those – it does come down to – making the right decision you know like you can have as many you can have as many top five picks as you want but you could if you pick poorly like the browns have or you know or um who was it that that they looked at their 16 and 17 draft and then just nobody was left on the team the broncos yes that's who it was and it's just like how does that happen like that's that's how you fail my my plan is predicated on not drafting blaine gabbert with a top 10 pick sure in the year after i stink yeah, no, I mean, that's that helps. But, as I mean, you guys are fans. Would you accept that if you knew your team was going to stink putridly <laughs> one year out of every six? Um, I just don't think you can guarantee that. I mean, this sounds, <laughs> this sounds great. Guarantee it sounds wonderful. Stink. I've spent a lot of time thinking I, about I, I, this. I know, I know. And I've run, I've run way too many Madden <laughs> franchises <laughs> through the old simulator. Um, but it, it sounds great. Except that at some point you pay for, you know, Cam Newton to get those first four years under his belt and finally learn what it is to be an NFL quarterback, or you know, and, and th- this is just a hypothetical. But then you pay him to go go away, and then you do draft Blaine Gabbert, and he goes and wins a Super Bowl with somebody else. You, it could be the greatest. Yeah, then you're you, a jerk and you get fired. Right, exactly. <laughs> you have it's the greatest philosophy. It works. You, look, you can even win that trade. You could you could 100 win that trade and still finishes the asshole. Yeah, it's it's entirely possible. And again, I have had. I will raise my hand for this. I have had dubious quarterback theories before. The last time I played fantasy football was 2002. Hmm. It was Spurrier's first year in Washington. It's when you got your iPad. And I, yeah, something like that. <laughs> and I did, and I decided going in. We used to have a beat writer draft back when there was more than two beat writers covering the Panthers. Um, we had a full league of us, and I walked into that draft and I said, "Not only am I going to have Steve Spurrier's hot quarterback that week, I'm going to have all of them." So at the fantasy draft, I had Shane Matthews, Danny Werfel, and Patrick Ramsey. That was my rotation of quarterbacks going into the season. And I just – I told the guys, I said, I am winning this league or I am finishing last. 
there, none of that stuff in the middle is going to happen. It's going to be either here or here, and it turned out it was closer to here. Yeah, it's <laughs> the, the Ricky Bobby core. Yeah, it was just, you know, it was worth a shot. Yeah, hey, you know what? You you could have been the if zero the spur, running back of if, 2002. If the Spurrier thing had worked, I would have been a wizard. All right, now people would have paid for my <laughs> wisdom. <laughs> now that the, now that Spurrier's been mentioned twice now, I, I have to ask. Because back in, back in 2002, a lot of people wanted him here. And then he did. He, he didn't even listen, as I recall, to Jerry. He just went to the to the Redskins. You can correct me if I'm wrong on any of these. That things. was a money thing, right? Yeah. Is that is there is there a big would would it be a significant what if in Panthers history? Would it just be a blip in the radar had he actually come here? Do you I, it would have been like the Seaford era. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, it would have been swing for the fences. Maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. And as it turns out, it didn't. Uh, I think you'd remember it like that. I, I think the more fascinating, you know, he would not have been a personality fit with the previous owner. That would have just never worked. Yeah. Um, you can't cut the kicker. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> no, it would have, that, that would have just been fantastically bad. But the one that always fascinated me, and they did make a real run at to try to see if they could talk Joe Gibbs into being the coach in 95, and, and Joe was ready to step away for a little bit, be in NASCAR world. That, that one would have been fascinating. I wonder if that would have worked out, but especially given how much Washington DNA is in the franchise anyway, mm-hmm. not just with the fan base and Marty Herney and, you know, different people who've been involved over the years. So that one would have been more curious. Spurrier would – I mean, he was a gigantic disaster in Washington, so yep. – I, I have no reason to think it would have worked out any differently when he was here. It would have been with interesting. With Chris Winkie. <laughs> it, it would have been interesting if, if Gibbs had taken the, the position, if they would have still gone old the way that they did, because it was a short-term win. But I think it, then you know then they had seven years of not being over 500 where they paid the, the piper for that early that early run. Yeah, but they went to the – NFC Championship in their second year, like that was, I mean, right. That like endeared a whole generation of Charlotteans and North Carolinians and South Carolinians. I hear you. Two states, one hurricane. Exactly <laughs> to to this team that they had to they had to get people on the Panther side at that point. It wasn't like right. Hey, everybody's. I mean, people were well, excited, but you had to get fans and from now, other teams. And now. With the benefit of looking back over it from 30,000 feet, when you look at the way Jerry Richardson did business, he spent – he was trying to buy love. He did it in 95 and going out and signing all the old guys and bringing them in. And then when things started cratering in 98, when things didn't go well, he goes out and spends two first-round picks and $46.5 million on mm-hmm. Sean Gilbert. And how'd that work out for you? Yeah. Worked well and, for the South Mech Sabres. And, and then you don't <laughs> spend money for a while. And, and then George Seifert was the shiny it's object. Good. And then George didn't work out for a while. And you go back and you hire a John Fox, who at the time was basically Dom Capers mm-hmm. with personality. And so he goes. He went through these cycles of when things ebb, he'll pump cash into it to get everybody excited, all the way up to the lockout in 2010. He spent none of the money leading into the lockout, mm-hmm. disassembled a pretty good team, and then on the other side of it spent all the money all at once. Yeah. And that didn't work out well either, so – Something kind of in the middle is probably the prudent way to do it. Yeah. Well, he was basically a he, tepid approach. <laughs> ah. I don't know. I think eh, eh, it's just okay. Eh. <laughs> Good night, <right? laughs> Knock on wooden. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what? 
the I, I'm curious to see how Tepper handles this kind of stuff because he's right now he's in the honeymoon. Everybody loves a guy. He's out well, there. What's not to like? He's I out mean, there. With he's following, but he is following. He's out there with a the dog. At yeah. uh, Fan Fest, you know, going. I mean, he's he's, he's my kind of billionaire. He's, he's the, the living the life, sure. For now, and yeah. we'll see. I mean, time will tell. We don't know what his guys, this guy's business strategy is going to be long term. But I think it's. I'm willing to accept that it could be a good thing. Do you think that the that the crowd that the Panthers fan base will love him if he refuses to? Pay Thomas Davis for an extra year, and Thomas Davis plays his final year in a Falcons uniform. Is Thomas Davis coming back for another year a sound economic decision? For him, it is. I mean, we all love Thomas, but what if it's time? I, but, I mean. I mean, a lot of people love the Patriots, and the Patriots, other than one guy, have held on. You know, they've been willing to let guys go too soon rather than too late. I mean, that's. You know, for all the talk about how much the franchise was modeled on the Patri- or the Steelers, the Steelers are as famous as anybody for getting rid of guys who still seem to have a year or two of good football left in them. Mm-hmm. You know, they did it with Kevin Green. They did it with uh, James Harrison. A ton of guys, even at that one position in particular, they've done that over and over and over again, and people still seem to like the Steelers. Yeah, no, I, I'm not saying that they're the going to. The secret would be to be successful. The secret at doing is to have that. a ring to show people for yeah. it. I think if you can, if the, I don't think that Belichick would be so, so popular and thought of as such a genius if he kept losing in the AFC Championship game. Of course, no, that, because no, it, probably look, not. But would Charlotte accept that? I don't know. I, that's that's an interesting question. That's, that's why my, I asked. That's it. my favorite Jerry Richardson stat. Twenty three years, his teams were one ninety two, one ninety two, and one. It's crazy. It, just dead solid five hundred with the shield at the middle of the field. He was just trying to keep it out of the ditches. He wanted to be in the middle. So you go seven nine, you go nine and seven. You spend a little money. You go eleven and five. You don't. You go two and fourteen. It, it happens, but it works its way back to the middle. I get the sense, my guess is that David Tepper's not going to be cool with 500 mm-hmm. over 23 years. He is going to juice this system somehow or another to keep it from being just that. But I wonder if Charlotte wants that. Charlotte's – I love Charlotte. I grew up about an hour up the road, but I've been living here 25 years. Charlotte is a nice, comfortable, fine place to live. And I think people are fine being comfortable and nice. And I wonder if Charlotte would accept, like you said, I mean, being willing to tell Thomas Davis, hey, it's been nice knowing you. Good yep. luck out there. And that would be hard. I don't know if they will. That's, that's, what's, that's what is may, so interesting. What if it's okay? What if it's okay that your team is okay for a long time, but you have this core of people that you value and respect and love and want to keep forever and hug them and keep them close to you? Is that the worst thing in the world? And then they go out and throw three interceptions, and you say never again in this town. Uh, you know. Well, if they or go full, if they go full Jake, then you don't. I you mean, never, you never go full Delon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I know. Oh, I know. It's yeah, five yeah. and a fumble. Let's go ahead and talk. <laughs> Where were we? <laughs> There's a lot happening right now. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, Let's we were going to fast forward to the end of the season. You ask what you know, basically because it. Oh, they're up. totally winning the Super Bowl. There's well, no, no I, I mean beyond the, beyond oh. that, where it becomes right. time to whether or not you rip off the band aid or whether or not you, you you start picking and choosing, guys. I think you got to be smart with it, case by case. I I think in the back of his own mind, I sense that Thomas knows 
Yeah, I mean, I think he's kind of arguing with himself a little bit sometimes yeah. when he talks. Is about he better than stuff. the guy that lined up week one? I mean, Ch- Thomas is still pretty good. I mean, than Shaq or than David Mayo? <laughs> than Shaq. Oh. You, you've kept Shaq around long enough that eventually you have to. Let him have, and he's looked good. I mean, through the preseason last week, you look at Shaq Thompson. That guy's a really good player. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it would be hard. It's like retiring John Casey, and John went on and kicked for New Orleans for a year, and nobody mm-hmm. really wanted it to happen. But what if it's time? Are you ready for a John Casey statue outside the stadium? Sure. Thank I, you. I thank you, Darren. You know. We'll talk about statues for the next hour. I don't you know, care. I would go. I would be willing to. <laughs> I would go Casey, yes. just because having a statue of somebody kicking is aesthetically appealing. Yeah. It's got long lines. It's angular. It's it would be good. And John's a good person, and, and he was the and, face of the team and, for like fifteen years. And build a statue of Julius, and build a statue of '89. Yep. And just have a little statue garden, and maybe you could stack them up enough. Enough of them around so that you wouldn't see that one big unfortunate one. Talk about that Mike McCorpick one. <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's. I um, like a statue garden. Yeah, let's just have lots I of like statues. It. I agree. I like it. Well, let's go and talk about Atlanta now. Uh, Falcons, they're not without injuries. Um, what are what's that going to do with some of the matchups? Yeah, into Sunday. They're kind of a mess. They'll see mm-hmm. your Matt Khalil and Daryl Williams and raise you Deion Jones, Keanu Neal. In fact, if you had to say, I mean, they lost more in that transaction than the Panthers have. And those two, you know, it's like when the Seahawks defense was at its peak. Okay, yeah, go out there and do your thing. Oh, except without Bobby Wagner and Earl Thomas. Yeah. yeah. You don't get to have those two anymore. And that's – it cut the guts out of that defense. And I'm really curious to see how they respond because those guys aren't just good players. They're personality pieces. Mm-hmm. They sort of lend some of that what the Falcons want to be about. They talk about the brotherhood, which is corny. And they talk about being young and aggressive. And that's what those guys were. So I they've got as much to adjust to going into this week as the Panthers do, if not more. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think that those injuries are huge. And obviously losing two tackles in your offensive line is huge as well. But when you lose your your linebacker, the face of your defense, yeah. essentially, that's going to – I mean, imagine if Luke Keekley and um, and Mike Adams weren't out there. So you're looking at Luke Keekley – or you're looking at David Mayo and – uh, Rashawn Golden, which is basically what they're – they have a fifth rounder and a third rounder are starting instead of – Play hard. Yeah, exactly. They play hard. Their body's out there, but they're not giving you – Yeah. And, and that's been – I mean, that defense was kind of the reason I thought – and you don't throw anything at me, but I sort of thought the Falcons were the best team in the division walking into the year because of those guys. <laughs> I know, and it was coming, and that's fine. Uh, it's not the first person to have thrown something at me. But reserve um, the right to do it again. Yeah, that's fine. Just don't fill it. That's why <laughs> when you go to a concert, they don't give you the bottle cap, so it can't be a projectile. Um, Actually, can I have that bottle afterwards so I can fill it with water? <laughs> there you go. Um, Might need it. But they, where were we? I had things thrown at me, and I forgot yeah. what we were uh, talking you thought about. The Falcons no, were the best I thought, team. yeah, I thought the Falcons were the best team coming in the season because they had so many good young pieces on defense, mm-hmm. in addition to Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and Devontae Freeman. You know, it's it's like Cam, if, if Cam Newton had more help on offense, and oh, by the way, there's Luke Keekley and K1 Short yeah, right. and Julius Peppers standing over there on the other side. And so 
they just had more of those guys, and they are ascending, and they're still getting better, I think, because those guys are still figuring out how to play. And Grady Jarrett is going to be a star in the league. Mm -hmm. And that guy is – he's getting ready to get rich somewhere, if not Atlanta. So, you know, they've got a lot of good young parts – it's going to be interesting to see who adjusts to their own adversity the best. Yeah. I, God, could that have been more cliche? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's going to come down to whoever Two makes teams are going to show up on Sunday. Someone's yeah. going to make some plays, yeah. and the other one's not. It's That's going to be the difference. Execution. It is all about execution. You know, you got to <laughs> For play. more insights, 1-900-DG <laughs> for Rich. <laughs> That's not enough. Oh, no, it is enough numbers. Good. All right. I'm sorry. I apologize for doubting That was going to be the hang-up? Yeah. I, I that's, apologize. That's what stopped him right there. Um, that's not a real number. I, I have a question for you. Do you think – you said imagine if Cam Newton had more help and Luke and Luke And Keekly also and all those Jordan. other things. Wouldn't essentially – if he had Julio Jones, that would all be all he needs? That'd be kind of neat, wouldn't it? Th- that's all – I mean, that's <laughs> the difference, right? Like yeah. Because does he have two talented running backs like Atlanta does? Yeah. Does he have – does do the secondary wide receivers right. are they any better than Muhammad Sanu and Calvin Ridley? I mean, they're uh, we don't know. I mean, yeah, exactly. Calvin Ridley, DJ Moore, time will tell who so made the right choice. Yeah, there, so it's so. like you know, I, I think that if you you if you bring in a number one, one of the top five wide yeah. receivers in the league, of course he's going to be better. Yeah, although. You know what? I mean, given what the guy did in 2015 with that odd lot of receivers he had that year, yeah. win 15 games, best scoring offense in the NFL, go to the Super Bowl, you you almost want to say this way might be better. And, and we don't know. I It just depends on the right guy. I don't think it would have made sense to go out and spend $16 million a year on Sammy Watkins. No. I don't think Sammy Watkins is all that good. Um, I read a lot of people on Twitter that would disagree. Well, I mean, he's he's like – he has the best timing of receivers in terms of getting to the market. And he got himself traded because he was underwhelming. Mm-hmm. And then he landed in the right place, put up good numbers, and then became a free agent at the right time. Not that he's one of the ten best wide receivers in a game, because he's not. No. And then he had two catches for 20 yards in mm-hmm. his first game. That's kind of what yeah. he's going to do. he's making, what, $15 million a year, $16 million a year? Like, ah, good for him. Yeah. Can't knock the hustle on yeah. that guy. I mean, and I don't – like Allen Robinson in Chicago. Allen Robinson's a nice receiver. Would it have been worth blowing up, you know, and not having Don Terry Poe to go get Allen right? No. I, don't, I wouldn't have done that. Yeah, I, I agree with you. If it's Julio, if it's Julio or if it's – I don't know who Antonio Brown. Sure, that's like the list of two. If you can get one of those two guys, sure. But other than that, I don't know. It's better than the committee you've got collected here. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. The idea of that like number one wide receiver. There's like yeah. four of them in the league, and yeah. there's. I mean, it's Odell, it's Antonio, it's Julio. Yeah. Now, who if Odell had hit the in? if Odell had hit the open market, okay, sure, like. And how awkward, how hilarious would it have been if Dave Gettleman doesn't pay him right. and then he comes to Carolina? You tag <laughs> Andrew Norwell and you trade him to Gettleman for Odell Beckham and then you. Pay. Yeah, that was see. Now we're see, now these are the kind of, we're we should have had you on in the off season. So yeah. we could have we come up with all these hypotheticals. I love them. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Um, I think that I think obviously you just like you said, Cam Newton took this team that had not this team but a team that had 
you know, you and me at wide receiver. And, uh, and Mike and, Remmers protecting him. Exactly, and a very patchwork offensive line. I don't think that this 2018 team is that much different than the 2015 team. No. They might even be more talented on offense. I think this is the most talented offensive group he's played with since his rookie year. If it's you a, consider it's a where. pretty good group. I mean, C.J. Anderson, I still think, and I could be dumb about this like I am with the quarterback thing, but I think C.J. Anderson will prove to be one of the best pieces of business in the mm-hmm. offseason. There's going to come a time where he goes on that run of four or five weeks where it's like, holy crap, you got C.J. Anderson for the minimum? Really? How did that happen? And if you like C.J. Anderson, I encourage you to check out It Is What It Is on the Riot Network, which this Look week was featuring running back C.J. Anderson live in studio. I'm becoming a veteran podcaster because of the way I teed that it, up You really you. did. Yeah, huh? you tossed it up yeah. there and I knocked it out of the park. Subscribe and rate on iTunes. <laughs> that's, that's, what a segue. That's teamwork, baby. High fives all the way around. <laughs> <laughs> were those the high fives? They were. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I, was, uh, I wasn't sure. I like your high five sound effects. <laughs> so, part of the budget this week. <laughs> part of the budget this week. So talking about Julio, though, I mean, let's just get to him. How many yards is he going to go off for? How many do we have to hold him to to be in this game? I mean, watching them last Thursday, he was al- he was Randy Moss out there. He was yeah. always open. What if we say less than three hundred? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's that, kind that's of the bar good, you've goal, established. Right? Yeah, okay, it, it, it wasn't three hundred. It, it can it can always get worse. Um, no, I, he's gonna get his. I think if mm-hmm. you try to think of it as we got to stop Julio. You know, they've got enough other stuff offensively. That's not necessarily a foolproof plan either, but Julio's going to get his. Well, the only thing is, though, in that Eagles game, when they finally realized, hey, maybe we should double-team him, it was like Atlanta didn't really know what to do then after that. Yeah. They seemed a little out of sorts. Yeah, I wonder about Sarkeesian. I really do. I I don't know that – I don't know if he's going to be long-term successful down there with those guys, not because he's bad at calling plays or any of that other stuff, but just because he was the guy after Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. And it yeah. was such a high bar. Whoever's next, it's like, how do you really do that? And yeah. Julio really dominated between the 20s, and then you get down you know, to, to where you need that and expect to rely on that number one receiver, mm-hmm. and they didn't come up with plays – you know, to, to yeah. get him the ball down there. And it's one week. We'll find out if it's a we'll find out if it's a trend in another month or so, something like that. Or if they if Julio has three hundred yards and four touchdowns on Sunday, sorry. Then all this red zone stuff will be a non issue by yeah. week three. Right. Well, I mean that's how that's how the NFL works, right? It's stuff that was a huge deal. That's right. Nobody baby. cares about Crank anybody up the hot take machine. Exactly. At least the NFL didn't let Matt Ryan get, you know, destroyed back there and then say there was nothing wrong with the hits. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. You we'll have, just keep bringing it up. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's fair. I watched that game with uh, some of my Australian friends who had literally never watched an NFL game before, and they said to me, seems like, from what you explained, it seems like the way that he's getting hit is illegal. And I'm talking about the the 16 opener, as we're. Yeah. 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 It, that's because it was. Yeah, yeah. well. Just and on national TV for everybody to see right. a game that never should get played yeah. following a Super Bowl. It was a wonderful way to start the season. Hey, Thank here's you. your reigning MVP. Yeah. Being given brain injuries over and over and over again. Man, he got Enjoy. so concussed in that game. It's so crazy to me that that, that, that was allowed just, to happen. Just 2016. Yeah. It, 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 feels, it, feels like it, couldn't ha- it felt like it couldn't happen then. Yeah. 
that's that's kind of his lot in life, though. When you're bigger than everybody and stronger than everybody and faster than everybody, you're going to get treated differently. Shaq with more implications. <laughs> it is. I mean, it's like, you, you know, when you're that order of magnitude different than everybody around you, you're going to have different standards applied to you. It's like Julius Peppers. Can't Why is Julius Peppers it. not doing this every week? Because nobody does this every yeah, week. Exactly. <laughs> idiot. Don't you understand? He's doing this at an historic level. He's the best. We went to college together. Yeah? Yeah. Did y'all hang? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> you were in that picture. I, I, I have probably somewhere on the desktop. Let me look through this box of files. Um, a picture of Julius in, from his college days with some of his teammates. Oh, yeah? The, the infamous picture. Oh, yeah, with that's the, a great one. Yeah. And, you know, they were all out being Chapel Hill students, and it was great. They really were it Chapel was Hill students. It was fun. They were at Players Dance Club. Yeah. They were at Top of the Hill. Uh, it was fun. It was it was a great time to be alive. And what uh, a Ronald time Curry to be was alive. there, too. What a time to be alive. Yeah. Do you wear your gray as well as Julius does? No, I don't wear anything as well as Julius does, <laughs> nor do anything as well as Julius does, nor look as well as Julius does. You podcast better than Julius does. That is probably true, although we have not heard Julius podcast, so we cannot truthfully say whether he's you never know he might get on here and be like all right so let me tell you yeah. about the devonta freeman and tevin coleman yeah pep if you can hear back. us if you're listening if, i bet he's a listener we would probably love to have no you on question the show. He, well of course he's he rated and reviewed on itunes last week so we know he's a listener yeah absolutely you're which we encourage show. all of our listeners to do <laughs> rate and review on itunes be it's like not, julius it's not be like <laughs> julius be like julius <laughs> Be like Julius. So this Panther Panthers D line. What's the key to stopping this running game? Uh, I mean, gap discipline. Oh, all the stuff that they always say, like the super football stuff. Football, yeah. football, football. But it's like they're just. I asked Wes Horton today, or whatever, someday, uh, like what the difference is between those guys, Tevin Coleman and Devontae Freeman. He was like, uh, they're both really good, and I was like that's it like there's no difference and he was like yeah i mean there's differences but like they're both good running backs yeah. like there's no i mean it's not like you have a like a christian mccaffrey and a cj anderson that have completely different styles they're very similar right mm-hmm. but they're just fresh every play yep. which i think makes a huge difference is this panthers d-line the best in the league right now do you think no, no. not with the uh, la the rams. rams probably second yeah. i would i would put them in the top five maybe i think so Sir, Let me go to, to my files. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Eagles have a lot of guys, too. Mm-hmm. And that's the key is being able to – and I will say, I mean, to their credit, they have found guys like Wes Horton. Yeah, You don't want to say Mario Addison anymore because I feel like people have apologized for him for too long. Mm-hmm. That guy's a star in his own right. He's a double-digit sack guy, and those guys get paid a lot of money, and he hasn't made all that much money relative to other people at his position, but he's a fit, and Wes Horton's a fit, and maybe some of these young guys, maybe Cox and Marcus Haynes, become fits down the road. We'll we'll find out, but they've done a really good job of plugging people in to – and again, Dontari Poe's a great piece of business to get him in here and stand his big body next to k Wow. He's going to score a touchdown too. I hope so. Sometime this year. I hope so. And it's going to be – I'm going to be so happy. Big, That's going to – Big people with the ball in their no hands. No cheering in the press the, box, but I'm going to be <laughs> – Those are the best touchdowns. Yeah, man. Fat guy touchdown. Fat guy touchdowns, I feel like the rules don't really apply up there. You can do whatever you want. And I, it's more, But it's not so much of a cheer. It's like a, holy crap, that just happened. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Speaking of the pass rush, I do think it's an area that they will get better when TD comes back too, particularly as sure. we see Eric Washington's identity kind of as a defensive coordinator and how he wants to get after the quarterback. That That's one of the, the areas where I think TD is, you can say, markedly better than, than Shaq and Luke. Yeah, and, and a lot of guys can blitz, but it's blitzing and getting home. Yeah, and being able to finish those plays, and that's where Thomas has been so good in the last couple of years. So, yeah, it's um, it's definitely they have the opportunity to grow this thing. I'm curious about Washington. I, I think he's a really bright coach. He's I don't know that he's going to end up a head coach in a year like the other two guys, but um, that'd be he's, nice. I mean, he's no be, offense to him. I, I like the fact nice. that they're willing to do business differently because line coaches so seldom get those opportunities. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of like managers in baseball are always catchers. You know, defensive coordinators are generally secondary coaches, guys who take the broad view of everything. So I like the idea of giving Eric Washington a chance, seeing if he can do a good job with it. Every yeah. indication is he can. They're doing some really interesting things along that defensive line. They're having that, like, they're running some three-four stuff, and like they're having a guy stand up. And this is part of the X's and O's portion. There we go. The Not Joker, that Tom Foolery about hurricanes. Yeah, exactly. And water yeah, we don't and, talk about that. We're just yeah. going to cut all that out. This yeah. is the whole, this this thirty-second <laughs> spot this is, is the, the only part of the potato. podcast is us talking about how smart we are. That's <laughs> yeah. right. It's, the very it's like that Edge NFL matchup show on ESPN mm-hmm. that everybody loves but nobody watches. Yep. It's on. Like it's on too early. It's on too early. I don't know if it's been Edge NFL matchup it in is. 15 right. years. It's it probably yeah. sponsored by Edge, too. Is Edge still a thing? Edge razors, right? Yeah. Is that it? Shaving cream. Shaving cream. Wow. I haven't Sh- used – you know, oh. I've never used shaving cream. Never in my whole life. Like I'm an electric guy. So really? Yeah. Like, forever you've been an electric guy? Yeah. yeah. I, I just always – Colin never shaves, but I, uh, I, I just shave dry, basically. Ah. Yeah, that's right. I don't know what to tell. Don't look at me like that. Yeah, Call me crazy. I'm kind of giving okay, you a leather look face. Too. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's. Um, I want to feel your face. Come here. Come on. I can't feel my face when I'm with you. Oh. But I love it. <laughs> but I love it. Feels pretty good, right? I mean, doesn't that hurt? No. Don't you get like. I use burn? a fresh razor. I have a dollar. I'm part of the Dollar Shave Club. Pretty exclusive. Oh, club. I am too. Oh, hey. Uh, uh, and I use a fresh razor. I get it real heated up. And then I just kind of. Take them off. That's shaving. I don't. I'm sorry. I'm not gonna apologize for my Oof. life. Ow. Oof. I also don't really ever. Do shave you moisturize? Uh, that's how I look so young. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> he uses coconut oil. Now we're talking <laughs> about product. For a, you no. like the way I just steered it right out of that football talk? <laughs> yep. Darren's like, we're talking too much football. Man, Let's talk I about shaving. Film on a yeah, exactly. <laughs> not on. today, baby. So back to football. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, Nikki's the worst. So what kind of a role is Ian Thomas going to have now? I think he's going to be interesting to watch how he develops. He looks like a guy who can make some plays. I mean, he has given every indication that he's going to be a guy they can develop. I don't know if he's ever going to be Greg Olson. Greg Olson's a really rare creature. He's like football unicorn. He catches a lot of passes, and he was healthy forever right mm-hmm. up until he wasn't. And anybody who can play 10 years in the league without ever missing a game is just rare, whether he's good or bad at football, and to be excellent at it, you know, Greg's special case. But Thomas looks like a guy who can be, you know, a, a solid role player on an offense. I mean, he can catch and move and do all those things. We'll see. It's tricky because even though Greg is – 
Craig's probably more of a willing blocker than a great blocker. Mm -hmm. They don't necessarily have that big masher mauling blocking tight end for the run game anymore, but they've got guys that can sort of – it's like we were talking about with the wide receivers. They've got parts they can move around and mix and match and put them together in different combinations. Yeah, Uh, I think you're uh, – it's so hard when you have a guy like Greg Olson because he's uh, Ian Thomas automatically is going to get compared to him. Sure. In this first game, everybody's going to be like, well, not as good as Greg. And it's like, yeah. well, I mean, Greg's a top three tight end in the league. Yeah. Right? So it's it's tough to make that comparison. Chargers kept drafting guys and be like, this guy's going to be the next Antonio Gates. Exactly. Nope. No. There's no Nobody is the next Antonio Gates, just like nobody is the next Greg Olson. Yeah. And it's hard. The other thing is most tight ends in the league, just like wide receivers, are not – Number one tight end. Yeah. They're not Greg Olson, Travis Kelsey, Rob Gronkowski. There's like seven of those guys. Mm-hmm. And the other 25 teams are constantly searching for somebody. So if you can find somebody like a Ben Watson or like, you know, these guys like George Kittle, I guess is actually kind of a, on that. He's becoming yeah, a Yeah, he's thing. moving on up, right? But like a Jack Doyle, like these guys that are going to make catches and are not going to be like, they're not going to be a huge part of your offense, but they're going to be reliable. They're going to make plays. And and if Ian Thomas can be that guy, then I think that's a yeah. successful fourth Roll round pick. With that. Absolutely, that's no problem whatsoever. See, I actually have. I think my ceiling's a little bit higher on him than than that. Not that I think that he can become Greg, but I think he can fill in that. You know, two to three catches per game, fill that role, and then if you figure Jarius Wright and, and Christian McCaffrey fill the third down piece of it, I I still feel like he, this can be a functioning offense. With you know, Wright yeah. and McCaffrey kind of taking the third down responsibilities. I don't think you, right. Thomas is going to have that part of it, but I think the, the the tight end route running, I think he'll be. And they sustained last year as great as Greg is. They sustained last year without him. I mm-hmm. mean, when Greg was out, that's when you saw Funches kind of emerge a little more, and it's like, you know, fly, be free. Um, and, and Devin sort of blossomed and took that on. And I don't know. We'll see if Thomas does. Yeah, Cam's. I feel like Cam's stats last year were just as just as good if not a little like an inkling better without Greg on the field not that that is a good yeah not, not that, that you would not that you would that. yeah exactly they yeah. also i think it again it sucks because a team that just lost their pro bowl safety and pro bowl linebacker would be a spectacular matchup for Greg Olson mm-hmm. and I don't think Ian Thomas is going to be able to live up to that. Mm. But, eh, you know. I mean, I, not to not to disparage Greg and his contribution, but I I think that his loss combined with the other two losses is, you know, with Samuel and Bird and their lack of availability is the is the bigger deal more so like from the collective of being able to push the offense down the field. I thought that's what they really lacked in the second half against Dallas, that it kind of it became boxed in the offense because of that lack of their speed and his ability in the middle of the field to create that space. Yeah, and we'll see. A lot of that's done in game planning, and and when you're in the middle of the game and it's like, holy crap, Greg's not there anymore. Now what do we do? Versus we got a week of, okay, Greg's not there. What are we going to do? You got days to doodle and draw up X's and O's and and be clever about it. So I'm curious. I mean, we'll see. I want to see DJ Moore. Yeah, I mean, yeah. what's he going to do? And he's so young. I mean, who knows – it's, I'm not saying we're going to decide on him this week and this is the week we must know if D.J. Moore is worth it. No, I mean, it's going to take time. But they've got those parts. And I just for a, for a team that scored 16 points against a defense that's not one of the best defenses in the NFL, mm-hmm. I was remarkably optimistic about that offense. Okay. I mean, it, there was stuff there. Yeah. You know, you see certain things and it's like, okay, that worked. I could 
you work on that for another couple months. I can see that working out. Optimistic, Darren. I know, right? <laughs> Who are you? I'm realistic. I just call <laughs> things as I see them. I trust North Turner to make more adjustments you think? week to week th- over Steve Sarkeesian. No, <laughs> not, th- not than oh. you. <laughs> so it's um, a personal attack, Darren. No, I thought you were comparing him to the previous offensive coordinator. Oh. Like, yeah, really? You do? Um, Nothing made me happier than the first play of the Giants season was Jonathan Stewart up the middle for negative one. And everybody <laughs> and it was just like, ah, that's pretty funny. Like, welcome to your new life. Yeah, Not that Big Mike's blue. calling plays up there. No, but, but still. He's got his thumbprints all over. Yeah, exactly. That was, that was, he was really in some, in his ear being like. They're going to, they're going to evolve. I just know it. Yeah, absolutely. You know it. Moving forward, that's what Gettleman and Shula and Where's the Giants are all about. Jeff Davidson these days? Do we know where he's at? Jeff is. Oh, yeah. check your files! Check yeah. your files! Check your files! <laughs> Yo, you, you left it. Yeah, I'm, I'm lost now. Uh, Jeff has worked. He has continued to work. Maybe San Diego, offensive line coach San Diego. And if that's right, wow. you you really we should just end the podcast yeah, at that point if just that is right. Drop the mic right <laughs> um, there. Um, it's because you're with even, friends oh, with him on a, LinkedIn. He is a coach. <laughs> oh, he is an offensive line coach for the Detroit Lions. Ah, oh. Lions. Was it San Diego last year? Oh, I that I do not. <laughs> I don't even know how to look up. Has he ever like been in San Diego? He Teams vacationed coached. in San no, Diego. No, he was the Denver Check Broncos offensive line coach. <laughs> he had a long also, AFC West. So you were getting closer, but I think he has a place in San Diego. All right, <laughs> see that. <laughs> see that, the team's not, not even in San Diego anymore. <laughs> but he just he just likes the vacation. It's nice. He likes the gas lamp district. Come on, Darren. <laughs> Maybe they left him in San Diego. <laughs> yeah, maybe that <laughs> was part of the deal. That's what's it. Before we get to the game, final thoughts looking at CMC's role, CJ Anderson's role. I mean, who's leading this team right now in receptions besides CMC? I don't know that anybody is. I think that can be the right answer. Yeah. I, I just – That's a funny it seem, It seems like, <laughs> yeah, I don't – you know – I try not to be part of the hot take establishment, but yeah, I just think we say that's that for the way Colin. that's the way they're built. They don't they don't have a Julio, they don't have a Steve Smith, so they're not going to have one guy who gets all that attention. So spread it around, and you know Christian's going to get his. You know right. he's going to because Ron wants him to touch it forty times a game or seventy five yeah, or keep whatever on, the keep number. Keep on moving on up. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I think that's reasonable. Yeah, I, I think that's totally reasonable. I mean. I, I think that Jarius Wright is a guy that's going to have a big, bigger impact than a lot of people think, but um, I, I think that it's going to switch on a game-to-game game game yep. basis. Sometimes Ian Thomas is going to have a big game. Sometimes it's going right. to be Devin Funches. Sometimes right. it's going to be Jarius Wright. Sometimes it's going to be DJ Moore is going to have a huge game. having all those options is a good thing. Exactly. And game in and game out, the two guys that you can count on are going to be Cam and CMC. Yep. And, and right. CMC slash, at least at this point, slash CJ Anderson. Colin, yeah. you have a hot take for tape breakdown? Oh, uh, well, <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed, I do. Oh, all I right. Would, yes, I would yeah, offer I you some no. water, Darren's but I don't know. Darren's going to put on his glasses. <laughs> yeah, let's see this. No, um, well, uh, there's a couple of things. First of all, you, you, I think we're on the same page, Darren, is, is hearing you talk about this offense, that um, that I think one of the most important things about week one of this season was the fact that with a camp with Cam Newton, who is a, a unique talent at quarterback, mm-hmm. that 
to see an offensive coordinator come in and to feel like you have – I have zero questions about how whether or not Norv is going to use Cam well. He came out and he ran Cam. It was, we saw familiar runs. We saw familiar passes. The, the, the fact that within one week we've, I feel like, handled it, not that, not that you're not going to complain about play calling on week nine or whatever it is, but I feel like Norv Turner knows how to use the best of Cam Newton, and I think that is the most important takeaway for me out of game one. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it's going to be a good partnership if Cam continues to allow it to be, and there's no reason to think he wouldn't. I mean, if he's having success, I think Cam's willing to go along with the plan. But, you know, I know there's always this call for, oh, God, you can't let Cam run so much. It's what he does. Yeah. You know, and that's what good offensive coordinators do. You take the stuff your guys are good at, you do more of that. The stuff they're not good at, do less of that. And that's, you know, what Norv's willing to do. And I, I think letting Cam run it selectively is always going to be a part of this thing. I think it, not just selectively. He has to be – I mean, he, you know, like yeah, he and has strategically. to be. Right. And, and I don't want him picking up a third down and one when it feels like you don't need to. But at the same time, that's, that's what you're going to do. And, and he's a guy that has gotten into the flow of the games mm-hmm. with his run – for, for years, and I, th- I felt that was, despite the fact that they scored 16 points, it, he's not always been the fastest starter, and he felt I felt like with a new offensive coordinator, he looked pretty doggone comfortable. The problems mm-hmm. that existed weren't because of the quarterback and the offensive coordinator uh, and, and the reason they only got 16 points. Right, and, and he probably feels liberated. He should because he's been unshackled from Mike Shula. He's been dragging him around for five years, and I know it sounds like I'm picking on Mike Shula, who's you can. by all accounts a lovely Christian and husband and father and the kind of neighbor you want to have along with Ron Rivera. But he just wasn't very good at his job. Fire Shula was my hashtag on, I think, every Panthers tweet from before. Yes. That was one of my, one of my favorite moments when the whole yeah, Evolve yeah. thing came along, and I found the old development of man picture with the – apes turning into modern man and and i asked my daughter i asked baby girl i said can you photoshop a face on these things and (laughs) and she even like turned the mike shula head in conjunction with the way the monkey was stooped over and it's one of my favorite pieces of art (laughs) that's why it's over your bed yeah Maybe you guys could put it on the wall. I could oh. print one out, and you guys could hang we it on do, the wall. We have there. some available wall space, All so right. yeah, we can work on a deal here. So, are we ready for a game? Yay, game time! And this was created. I was going to start a chant, but then it almost just game ended up time. terrible. Game time. There you go. There we go. This was created just for you. Oh God! Battle of the Cynics. <laughs> I'm excited. I, I feel like excited. I've been typecast. <laughs> All right, I said I know we we're gonna do one, but we're gonna do two. Yeah, we should do as we're many doing as, two. as many as we we'll can. We'll do one football and one not football. Yeah, I'm excited to see these guys because I have a positive attitude, so I'm not cynical. Let's just focus on All these right. two and see who can win this cynic off and really be the most cynical. I'll so, just sit back. Here's your good news, Greg Olson, no surgery. Your face. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to go first? I'll give you. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. See, the problem is that while Greg is having no surgery, you know what he does still have? Children. You know what it's impossible to do is rehab a foot injury when you have small children. Because you know what happens? Your feet get stepped on. I don't know. Strollers roll over your feet. You're all the time. Your feet, your whole, your lower extremities are constantly under assault by small children. I don't think he can rehab as a father. 
I don't think it matters, even if he doesn't have surgery. I think he's in trouble. Why do you hate children? Why do you hate America? <laughs> I, <laughs> I thought that was the name of the segment. <laughs> That's next week's segment. Yeah. Why do you hate children? Why do you hate America? Wow. I don't know if I can touch that. Um, the worst thing about Greg not having surgery is you don't know when it might get well. Mm. And this might – seem like a very esoteric thing, and they have airplanes that you can go. But Bob Anderson, the foot guy, the foot specialist to the stars, used to be right here in town. Now he's in Green Bay. And so it was different when why? you could run. Why did he what, – what a horrible life decision. <laughs> Unless you're going to Green Bay to be Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> why are, ever why? Yeah, I mean, some people like it. Some people, you know, in their family, people that like family background up there. And if you grew up in a cold place, it's like Buffalo. Nobody, you know, other than former beaten feet for there. uh, Other than former Carolina Panthers employees, nobody goes from Charlotte to Buffalo. But I've heard some people they're renting up there. But it's just they're in a tricky spot because now you're stuck not knowing. And now you're sitting on a roster spot for Greg for the next four weeks, probably at least. And then you get down, you know, four weeks down the line, and it's like, that's oh, going to be another four. Well, you could have had another body instead of that if you would have put him on IR. But, you know, I think, you know, as much as I may be dampening the spirit of the segment, the <laughs> no, fact that like he – That's the whole segment. Yeah, the fact that he didn't have surgery can only be a positive because I guess it's not as – bad as they thought it was gonna be that's kind of the the oh when your voice gets higher like that it's like i think that it's gonna be maybe he's gonna come back in like six weeks i don't know (laughs) no no that's that's great i have nothing to add i'm very positive i think he's gonna be back next week what's the expectation he comes back and it's he's just gonna play through it I mean, is that the idea that it's I just think going he, to be I broken? I think he already has a, He has already basically said he is going to get to a point where he can play, and then right. he's going to have surgery in the off season. It's as broken. He's going to work exactly. Right like he's not going to break it. He's going to be able to play for it. And I bet you he's going to be back faster than we think he is. I think we're all kind of counting on him being out for eight weeks. I think he's back faster through playing through a lot of pain and not playing it at the same level that he's played it with before. I mean, I had it in my head mm-hmm. he'd be back after the bye. Is that? Okay, so then never Two. mind. I take it back. Aside from <laughs> Lady Positive over yeah. here. Uh, She's that it's, a unicorn. Yeah, exactly. I am well, a Next unicorn. week we'll have a positivity segment where she people just where has Greg on ask her fantasy where, team. Where she I has Greg on her <laughs> fantasy team. That's what this is all about. No, Put I do not. to rush him back for fantasy purposes. No. I see through you. Uh, no, because in fantasy this I get a tight end very, very late. This is Battle of the Cynics. <laughs> I see through you. Okay, Hurricane. Ready? Uh-oh. So both Linebike and... And Bird have said in the safety in this hurricane, they're taking their uh, scooters off the streets. My million dollar business idea dockless jet ski. <laughs> what could possibly go what wrong? What could possibly go wrong with that? I hope they're not listening. You, you should just hop off a that. jet ski whenever you're done using <laughs> right. it. Right. Swipe it on your phone. You're fine. Floats. It's not going anywhere. I've, I'm, I'm in. Where, where do I'm I in. sign? Where can I sign? Can I Venmo you some money to get yeah, into this business? Let's, let's um, what is it, Kickstarter? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, let's start a Kickstarter for that. I'm in. Has anybody been keeping up on bikes versus scooters in Charlotte? I have not kept up on this story. Scooters, um, scooters are surpassing yeah. bikes. Yeah, makes more sense. They're less so sweaty. much better. Yeah, less sweaty. Does yeah. anybody know what the range on one of those scooters is? 
It's pretty far. They run out at Nikki's house, apparently. That's apparently how far they get. Because I got to be fall honest over. with yes. you, I live in the horrible and suburbs die. on the south side of town, and I really want to get a scooter like at the corner of Trade and Trine and go as far south as I can go. What are you I want to see if I could get that bad boy to Ballantyne. What are you doing when we leave here? They've already collected them, or we would. Well, but, some um, people I saw on the uh, Instagrams and Facebooks and all that were. Hiding them in their house. <laughs> what could go wrong? They're hoarding scooters just like bottled water. They didn't get bottled water, <laughs> but they got all the scooters. All no, the scooters. I, I think that's a great idea. Sounds like a great uh, feature for ProFootballTalk.com. Yeah. Um, how yeah. far will this scooter go? And then just Are let it go. Then you could, you could do like a running I diary. Need, I need a GoPro on a helmet because if yes. I'm going to try to ride a scooter to Ballantyne, yeah. I'm going to need a helmet. Um I feel like I would watch. I would go behind the paywall to watch something like that. Like that's <laughs> that. Yeah, that sounds like, like something. I want to make that happen now. Exclusive yeah. members. Exactly. Only yeah. I like that. Darren. I just want to ride one through Overstreet. That's all I want to do. <laughs> you can. You can do anything you want on a scooter. Once. <laughs> just the once. <laughs> also, how how's your deck? Is it done? It is the the deck is not complete. I not actually I, this is not on the list. Not <laughs> on the show notes. I, I built a deck. It's kind of a big deal, there. Hey, I like that. Uh, oh, you have to update people. Definitely, yeah, it's true. Saw it into my finger at, the, at like the ninety eighth percentile of oh, the deck. Oh man! But we're okay. We're is okay. it going to survive the weekend? Don't want to talk about okay, that. Okay, that's yeah. fair. Don't really want to talk about that. Okay. Sorry. Sorry to end on a sad note. Well, if you need to stay in your deck, you can go ask Ron and borrow his tools. <laughs> yeah. He's probably got a roller. In a couple in a yeah. couple months. There he's got go. a yeah, yeah, see, that's what we call it. That's why he's a professional. <laughs> professional. Darren, tell everyone where they can find you on the interwebs. On the interwebs. I live at profootballtalk.com, uh, NBCSports.com, and on the tweeters at Darren Gant, D-A-R-A-N-G-A-N-T-T. What's Florio really like? He's the best. <laughs> yeah. I like Florio an awful lot. I mean, he seems like a really nice guy. He is a West Virginia lawyer with uh, an engineering degree and a law degree. And wow. he's super smart and wow. super driven and works way harder than I want to. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, it's his baby. Okay, he created this thing out of whole cloth and he just hired me. But it's his thing and he works like a man with 10 kids. Mm-hmm. And I have never been around anybody quite like him. He's li- he was literally a basement blogger who cre- who became a national media phenomenon. Yeah, now wow. works for NBC Sports. And or- and he's a swell guy with a lovely family. There you go. And I like the Florios a lot. Yeah. yeah, sounds swell. Damn, it feels good to have a job. I know, right? <laughs> Colin, I- where can they find you, or do you want to be found? You, you can find me. Well, uh, I'll be. Hold up in a bunker at the request of my loved ones because I don't know if you guys know, but Armageddon is going to roll through. The yes. movie is? So, uh, no, this is not a love story. Oh. This is a tale of woe. <laughs> is that on the poster? I so Bruce Willis so. is not Seems going to like save us. Aerosmith will not be, not be part of the soundtrack oh. this weekend in my I house. am Maybe out we'll. if that's the case. It's true. It's true. Uh, Colin CLT on Twitter if you want to start a dialogue. <laughs> do people want to what people do on Twitter? Start Josh, dialogues? if uh, people want to dialogue with you, if people want to start dialogues with me, you can find me at Josh Klein Rules on Twitter um, and Instagram, and you can follow us at our Riot Report for the Riot Report and Riot Pod Network. If I could take one quick second just to plug, if you listened this far, you probably already know, but 
the rest of the stuff on the Riot Podcast Network is really killing it this week. Um, Keep Pound Den had a live live show uh, after the game on Sunday. They go live on Facebook every after every single game. They were live on Wednesday. Uh, the Roaring Riot podcast was fantastic. It came out on Tuesday. It is what it is. Had CJ Anderson on. We had the lovely and talented Darren Gant. It's really just a great week for the Riot Podcast Network. So I just wanted to plug that a little bit um, while I could. Nikki, where can they find you on Twitter? Oh, I'm on Twitter at Nikki704. And if you follow Darren and I, you get to watch us in our bid to bring the Super Bowl and the Winter Olympics yep. to this Charlotte. Is, this is going to happen. I've already talked to Marcus Smith about using the Roval out at CMS this as our happen. luge track. This is absolutely a thing, and we are going to make this happen. It's high happen. five sound. Make the high five sound. Beautiful. One-day contract powered by Ortho Carolina, a part of the Riot Network. Darren Gant, your one-day contract is up. Oh, Didn't even find out who won Battle of the Cynics. It's probably Darren anyways. Darren always wins. Nothing comes easy. Nothing comes easy. Oh, I'm always bringing home second place. Nikki's singing along. I just want everyone to know Nikki is singing along if you're listening at home. <laughs> <laughs>